Please pray with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, we know you inhabit the praise of those who worship you. We know that you are presence, for you will never leave or forsake us. Father, may we this day yield more and more of who we are to allow the brightness of your Son to shine in our hearts and transform us more and more into his image. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Each year, we as Anglicans, oh, thank you. The first water was real warm. I'm glad she brought me some colder water. <laughs> Each year, we as Anglicans set aside a date to hear the glorious story of the Transfiguration. In fact, this year, it was twice. The scriptures speak to the transfigured nature of our God in both the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Hear God's word again from Luke. And as he, Jesus, was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. Beloved, I am convinced that the true followers of the Christ yearn to have their life shine. That their lives would more clearly reflect the image of Jesus. Back in 1977, there's a few of us here that can remember that date, NASA launched Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 to explore the galaxy. There was recently an article in the last week about Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. They're still sending signals back. A recording called The Sounds of Earth was attached to each of the twin spacecrafts. It was a message from Earth to anyone out there in the universe who might possibly be listening. It contained music, and it even contained the sound of a human heartbeat. Over 30 years later, the person who served as the creative director of this famous project reflected on what she chose to include in the sounds of Earth. She said, the first thing I found myself thinking of was a piece by Beethoven, something called the Cavatina Movement. When I first heard of this piece of music, I thought this was a great, beautiful, yet sad piece of music on which Beethoven 
had written in the margin a word in German which meant longing. Part of what we wanted to capture in the Voyager message, she said, was the great longing we feel as a people. So in the end, NASA chose a musical score of human longing and launched it into space. It's as if the NASA scientists were saying to the rest of the universe, this is who and what we are as human beings, creatures of longing. And hidden in that basic introduction to who we are, there's the implicit question for the possible extraterrestrials. Do you feel this longing too? Or are we the only ones? If we're honest, there are times in our lives when we are longing. When we look around and wonder, is this all there is? There was a song back in the 60s said, what's it all about, Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? This longing sometimes is just a passing question. Other times it's a season, what's it all about? We look at our life or our circumstances and we want more. There's a restlessness, a searching, a longing for something, something else, something more. And some people go through this in their 50s and 60s. It's called the crisis of the midlife. Now this searching, this seeking has caused some to make some very unwise decisions. Some decide to get a new job a new car, some a new relationship. Others take up a new hobby, go on a trip, work extra hours, spend a lot of money on a boat or a beautiful car. But in the end, well, not much of that is eternally significant. Why? Because this yearning, this longing, is really not about the circumstances of life. It is not about what happens to us. This restlessness, this desire for something more, generally means that we've been living life at the shallow end of the pool. We've been skimming across the surface of life. It means we have not gone deep. Yet sometimes life at the surface is easier. It's more efficient and encouraged and rewarded by much of the world today. 
It fails, however, to fully understand what God has done. That God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, has transfigured the world. And that creation itself is filled with His divine light. It's not fully understanding that only through Jesus is this longing satisfied. The Advent hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus by Charles Wesley, speaks to this human longing in the second stanza. Israel's strength and consolation Hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Jesus is the answer, the only answer to human longing. Yet so many, even some who call themselves followers of the Christ, live life at the shallow end of the pool. And a life at the shallow end, skimming the surface of life, keeps them in bondage, continually judging the circumstances of life. All that's important to them is what is happening to them. And they look at their life as a picture and if the picture is pretty, if it's pleasing, if it's not stressful at the moment, and shows them what they want to see, then they believe, well, God is good, and life is as it should be. Yet when they do not see what they want, then they often look for what? A new picture. You might hear them say, I would be happy if this would happen. Or I would be happy if others did that. I would be happy if people treated me like that. That's the kind of attitude, beloved, that's living at the shallow end of the pool. It's skimming the surface of life. This restless searching, this longing for more, this desire for meaning is not, however, usually answered by changed circumstances. The answer is not found in our heart. It's found in our interior journey of Christ moving through our heart. We need to have a heart that seeks to have Jesus move through it and in it. To know His will and walk in it. Allowing Him to mold you and conform you. To transform you more and more into His image. We do not need to see life with new pictures. We need to see the world with new eyes. 
we do not need to hear a different voice. We need to hear the unchanging voice of God with different ears. We do not need to escape life circumstances. We need to be more present spiritually in those circumstances. And when we allow that to happen, life is no longer at the surface, at the shallow end. We're no longer skimming life. If we're spiritually led to each life encounter through new eyes, through new ears, then they become transfigured moments. Moments when the picture of our life in a way becomes a window no longer a picture, a window into a new world, into the spiritual realm, where we come face to face with the transforming God. Most of us, I think, I hope, seek God in all our circumstances. We want God to show up, to be present, to act, to do something. Be assured, beloved, we serve a God of action, a God who does, a God who yearns to interact with his people. We might think about this as the first part of our spiritual journey, a journey of discovering God in the circumstances, all the circumstances of our life. We must look. We must seek. Where is God in the moment? Where is God in this picture? And that's exactly what the disciples have been doing up to this point. They've seen Jesus cast out demons, cure the sick, paralytics walk, the blind see, thousands are fed. Yet at some point, if we're to mature in the faith, we must begin to discover the God who is beyond life's circumstances, to fully see who God is. And the second part of this spiritual journey, this is moving from milk to meat in the Christian life. And Jesus did it. He led Peter, James, and John up the mountain to discover the God who is beyond the circumstances. Here in this place, their picture of four people on the mountain becomes now a window in the spiritual realm, a window by which they move into the depths of God's life, God's light, and God's love. The scriptures tell us that there on the mountain, Jesus what? Hear God's word. The appearance of his face was altered and his clothes became dazzling white. And the cloud overshadowed them. And the father's voice spoke of his beloved son. Moses and Elijah appear in their midst. Clear evidence 
that there's life beyond this life. Peter wants to build dwelling places. Peter, in a way, wants to frame Jesus and Elijah and Moses in a picture. And Matthew's telling Peter, proclaims, it's good for us to be here. Peter wants to preserve it. He wants, in a way, to make a picture. Pictures, however, are static. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the picture of life circumstances became much more than a picture of an event. They became a window. A window through which we step into a new world, a new way of seeing, a new way of hearing, a new way of being. On the mountain, Jesus didn't suddenly light up and become something he was not. The Greek word translated transfigured describes a change on the outside that occurs from the inside. That was not a new miracle. It was a temporary pause of the ongoing miracle of Jesus himself. The ongoing miracle was Jesus keeping his glory veiled and not fully displaying this glory to the world. Beloved, the disciples' eyes were opened and they could see Jesus as he has always been. The voice in the cloud was not new. Their eyes were open. Their ears were open. And they heard the voice that has never ceased speaking from the beginning of time. The transfiguration is as much about them as it is about Jesus. Whenever our pictures of life circumstances become a spiritual window, then we stand in a transfigured moment. The circumstances don't change. The event has not changed. We have changed, and beloved, that changes everything. And those transfigured moments are around us all the time if our eyes are open. Every event, every encounter, every picture, every circumstance can be a window to the spiritual realm. Every circumstance can be a transfigured moment. I have been blessed with many wonderful memories with the Lord, many of them with my wife, Lee. And early in our Christian life together, my, life, my wife, Lee, and I were involved in a ministry called Faith Alive. Faith Alive is a wonderful organization that sends a group of men, women, and youth to a church to share their relationship with the Lord. But the weekend does far more than that. It helps the parish 
really begin to communicate at a spiritual level with each other. And during these weekends, there is a program not only for adults, but also for youth and for very small children. Lee and I had the privilege of being the children's coordinator for many Faith Alive's in New York, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. And during the weekends, I would play my guitar and we would sing. We'd cut out snowflakes to show how God makes each one of us different and special. We'd talk about how much Jesus loves us and watches over us and how important it is to bring everything to God in prayer. Well, one weekend, as we're doing a craft, one of the little boys cut himself with scissors. Even though they were scissors with the rounded tips, that doesn't mean little boys can't still cut themselves. Well, since this time it was a boy, it was my duty to take him to the bathroom to clean the blood and take care of the cut. I had just finished cleaning and was about to put a Band-Aid on when I thought, well, this is a Christian weekend. It's a good opportunity to show him that we should pray about everything. So I said, let's pray that your finger will heal and be better. He responded, Okay. As soon as I started to pray, we watched as new skin covered the slit in his finger. And there was no sign that he was ever cut. He went out of the bathroom, ran down the hall, back to the room. I covered my face and knelt my head against the mirror and lamented, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for my lack of faith. It was initially a picture of a young child with a cut finger, but it became a transfigured moment, a moment when the spiritual realm broke through, a moment when Jesus allowed me to witness a glimpse of his glory. Maybe that's why the scriptures tell us that we should come to him as little children, to have faith of a child. I'm sure every one of you could tell a story about stepping back from a picture of your life of seeing with new eyes, listening with new ears, and discovering a window into the spiritual realm that opened. A window that opened into another world, into another way of being. Maybe it was the day you revealed to another person a dark secret you had carried for years. And you're sharing the picture as of one of guilt and shame, well, it became a spiritual window through which you stepped. The darkness gave to light. The chains fell off. 
Forgiveness overcame sin and glory filled your very soul. Or maybe it was a moment in your family. Remember the moment you held your child or grandchild for the first time? For those that have that vivid picture, yes, it was an experience, a circumstance, an event, a picture of holding a newborn. But for those who allowed it, it became a window. A spiritual window was open that flowed with eternal love for this little one and you were forever changed. And for those who are in Christ, it becomes clear that God had allowed you to experience and become part of the mystery of creation itself. The window was open, and you experienced God's love and his presence in a glorious way. When we brought our firstborn home, I held our daughter Kristen in my arms for the longest time in our living room. We had just a little condominium. Finally, I laid her on the blanket on the floor and I just stared at her. I was overwhelmed with the love, overflowing love for this little one, this one that just came into our lives. And I remember saying to the Lord, There must be a deeper word than love. Lord, I've felt nothing like this before. I began to pray, and as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Jeff, that's the same love I have for you. I had the same spiritual encounter two years later with my son. They're no longer pictures, stagnant pictures of holding my children. The spiritual window was open, and the Lord was there. Beloved, I'm convinced that the glory of our Lord shone as much in your hands as you held your children and grandchildren as it did on the mount 2,000 years ago. The spiritual realm is present not only in your very being, which it is through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but the spiritual realm, the Lord has stated, is around us. It's around us. The kingdom of God is where? At hand. It's moving. Open the window. The windows of heaven are everywhere. Everywhere. Jesus, Peter, James, and John came down from the mountain. They could not stay there, yet they did not totally leave the mountain. Beloved, they brought the mountain with them. Transfigured moments change us, sustain us and prepare us and encourage us. And praise God, they guide us into a future regardless of life's circumstances. Don't live at the shallow end of the pool anymore. It's time to go deep. Be immersed in all of life's circumstances by and in the presence of God. This earth 
this island in the universe is not all there is in store for you. This is not it. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are called to walk in the spiritual realm, to walk in and through life's circumstances. We're to walk through the dark valleys. We're in the world, but not of it. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You and I are transfigured people. You and I are children of God. Be mature in the faith. Yield. And if you yield, our Lord makes this promise that He will continually, continually take us from glory to glory to glory. Amen? Amen.